You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope that you will consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, my employer. Thank you for emailing me your questions. I'm going to get to those in just a bit to quickly recap last night's game. Atlanta United and Philadelphia drew one-to-one. But that draw was enough to see Atlanta United eliminated from the quarterfinals of the Champions League for the third consecutive season. Philadelphia advances on 4-1 aggregate. The goals last night were scored by Sergio Santos in the 47th minute, the second extra minute of the first half. And Philadelphia's was scored uh, by Casper Shabelko around the 87th minute. Uh, Santos' goal, it was his first as a professional. He had a fantastic game for Atlanta United last night. Uh, Several uh, blocks of shots, several good passes. Uh, His goal, it really, he created it himself. It was a pass, I think, from Moreno. And the defender, I think it was uh, Flock for Philadelphia, got on the wrong side of Santos, and he turned and just curled a right-footed shot into the lower right corner. Uh, It was Atlanta United's first shot on goal. It came, again, second minute of extra time in the first half, uh, which is not a good sign for Atlanta United's offense, which continues to struggle. Um, And that is the focus of a lot of your questions. I'm going to get to, in just a second, Atlanta United will play at Miami on Sunday at 1 p.m., I think it is. It's a nationally televised game on ABC. Um, Big moment for the five strikes, big moment for Miami. Uh, It doesn't look like trying to – Read between the lines of what um, manager Gabriel Hines has said last night that Ezekiel Barco and Jurgen Dom uh, will not be available for that game. I asked him about those four. I asked him about Huzetu, Dom, Barco, and Chal, and he said, I can't talk about two of the players. And then he mentioned Rosetto that he couldn't talk about him. And we already knew that Chal was going to be out. So I'm assuming the two players that aren't going to be available are. Dom and Barco. All right, but let's go ahead and get to your questions. It's quite a few. And again, I very much appreciate the energy and the thought that you put into these. I think they improve the coverage. They improve everyone's knowledge of the team who listens to the podcast. Uh, Thank you very much. On to the first one. It's very evident now that the squad itself is not up to Atlanta United's, or at least the fan standards, Carlos Bocranegra really must have such a low hit percentage on signings. Santiago Sosa is the best, the last player I remember since Nagby. 
that was actually good. I think it's a real concern and should be questioned. This game highlighted the weak quality of our wingers and attack in general. What say you, Doug? I did a story last year on Atlanta United signings under Bocanegra, post uh, Gerardo Martino and post Paul McDonough, and it's not good. Uh, the best signing has probably been Emerson Hyman. I don't know if you would consider him uh, like a game-changing signing. I think he's a very good player. I don't think he's a, a game-changing signing. Um, I think it's probably a little too early to judge this year's signings. I agree. I think Santiago Sosa is going to be a, a very, very good player for the team, a game-changing player for the team. I don't think I agree that the wingers are weak. I think Brooks Lennon is a very, very good player in MLS. <clears throat> I think Jake Moraney had probably an off night last night, but has shown he could be a really good player. Marcelino Moreno uh, continues to struggle as a winger. I still think he's better centrally, but if you play him centrally, what do you do with Ezekiel Barco? Because it's been proven he's not a winger. At least in Major League Soccer, he's not a winger. Um, and I think the team is still going to try every which way it can to figure out Ezekiel Barco's best position. Heinz will be the fourth manager to try. Uh, none, in my opinion, have been able to figure it out just so far. But we'll go on to the next question. Atlanta displayed yet another poor offensive performance that lacked creativity and resorted to desperate crosses into the box. In your opinion, do you see Heinz turning the team around in terms of offensive struggles? You know, this, this is one, and I keep harping on this on Twitter, and people keep getting, some people keep getting aggravated with me. But the offense, in my view, it's not improving. It's not, it's not even regressing. It's just kind of the same as last year um, under Frank DeBoer and then under Steven Glass. Um, in Tata's first seven games, these were all league games because Atlanta United was not in the Champions League, so that's a huge factor. But it was a new manager, new players, which is two of the excuses y'all are using for Heinze, which are accurate, or excuses isn't a good word, reasons, that Atlanta United's offense is struggling. The team scored 17 goals in seven games. Right now, Atlanta United has scored seven goals in seven games. So you want to break down the opponents? Okay, let's break down the opponents. You faced a very good Costa Rican side at Alajuelense in the first game. You scored one goal. Then you faced an Alajuelense team minus seven starters and couldn't score until the final seconds of the game. You play a Chicago team that is now looking not very good. You score three goals, but one was a Galazzo, which you can't count on those. One was an own goal, can't count on those. And one was, I described it as a tap in yesterday, and some of you got mad. Okay, it was a hard shot, but it was against a mostly open goal for Hyman. Um, and then another penalty kick, or shutout by Philadelphia in the next game, another penalty kick uh, against uh, New England. And then uh, the Sergio Santos individual moment last night. If you're looking for, is the system working on offense? Right now, it's not working. It's worked well against Philadelphia. And that's because Atlanta United came out with his hair on fire, which is what we thought we were going to see most of the season. But that's really the only game in which we've seen that, apart from a few minutes in the second half in the second game against Alawalense. Uh, you definitely didn't see it last night. Thought you would with a team that needed to score three goals to have a chance to advance. So in terms of like tactics and system, I'm not seeing any improvement on offense. Uh, I'm sure that there are things there that I am just not smart enough to see. 
Uh, I am not a former Manchester United player like Gabriel Heinze, um, but I would be a little bit concerned if I were him. You could say, okay, they didn't have Barco, they didn't have Dom. Okay, New England didn't have um, Martinez. Or I'm sorry, Philadelphia didn't have Martinez. There's always going to be players missing. You, you've got to count on the squad. You've got to overcome your limitations within the squad. That's the sign of, of a good manager. And I think Heinze will be able to do it, but it's just not happening right now. How do we line up against Miami this weekend? We look pretty tired at the end of this one. They'll have, uh, what, four days to recover? I think they'll be fine against Miami. I think you'll probably see most of the same lineup. Heinz has got to start putting out the same players to try to build some chemistry, I think. Um, and so I think you'll probably see the same starters that you saw against Philadelphia down in Fort Lauderdale on Sunday. Uh, was Sosa not the best player on the field? Very impressive. Yes, he was. Uh, at least the best player for Atlanta United. Very, very good player. Um, I think he had struggled a little bit against New England uh, because they uh, did a very good job of man-marking him. Uh, Dirty South Soccer guys did a very good story about that, uh, which I would encourage you to go and find and read about how they took him out of the game. You're probably going to see a lot of that now from Major League Soccer. Philadelphia didn't do it as much because they kind of sat back a little bit more at times than did New England. Um, we lack any bite in the final third. How do we change that? That is the million-dollar question. Why was Alan Franco not playing? Heinze has said uh, that he's going to rotate the center backs a lot. Um, right now, in my opinion, Robinson and Walks are the best pairing the team has, only because Franco is still learning his teammates and they're still learning him. Uh, that's not a knock against Franco. I think he's going to be a very good center back. Um, the positive from Joseph Martinez is that he keeps looking better, but he's not there yet. How do you think Heinze handles it? Martinez was invisible last night, in my opinion. Uh, Mike Conti put out a stat on Twitter that Martinez didn't, didn't even have a touch within 25 yards of goal last night. That's not all on Martinez. I just wrote a whole story about it. I tweeted it out. You can find. He's not getting the ball in good positions. I think he's being slightly misused. Even by Tata, Joseph would come back to be an outlet to break pressure. But last night, Joseph was having to come back past midfield to be an outlet to receive pressure and then turn and go back down the field, and then he wasn't getting the ball again. So I think he's being slightly misused. Um, how do you think Heinze handles it? At some point, he's going to have to tell the strikers, you've got to stay down the field. He's got to change his tactics because, I mean, none of them have scored yet. Martinez, Lissandro Lopez, Eric Cubo Torres, who have almost 500 goals combined in their careers, none of them have scored. In league play, they've only taken six shots combined and only put two on goal. That is, you're not going to win a lot of games if that's all you're getting from your strikers. Who do you think can help this team manufacture goals? It seems like we're overly dependent upon just lobbing crosses and hoping for the best. We need to find someone to be able to find that final pass through defensive lines to a player making the run. Well, that wasn't going to happen against Philadelphia because it was packing the middle of the field. It constricted the passing channels. Yeah, almost at this point, in my opinion, Atlanta United needs to become a counterattacking team. Um, the three-five-two has always worked for Atlanta United, or the three-four-one-one, um, or three-four-two-one. If you do that, you could put Barco and Moreno in the middle underneath Joseph Martinez. I'd be curious to see if Heinz starts to tinker a little bit with that. 
um, rather than the 3-4-3 with the two players out wide. Um, but man- managers can be stubborn. We saw it under Tata, or we, we, a little bit under Tata. We saw it a lot under DeBoer. Uh, we'll see what Hines uh, to do. I think it's I think it's too early on that yet. Um, Sosa is clearly an outstanding player. Wouldn't it make sense to try a three-man back line with Walk, Sosa, and Robinson and then push Sosa up a bit? Well, then that would be a two-man back line. If you make Sosa a center back, I think you limit his effectiveness as a passer because a pass that's 30 yards then becomes 40 yards and it's harder to hit. Um, I don't see them going with a three-man back line that includes Sosa, but we'll see. Um, next question. You seem pessimistic about the team's performance. While not great, don't you think it's a bit early to judge? Philly is the reigning supporter shield winner and a few good bounces and we win game one. Um, I don't think it's too early to judge. I think it's too early to solidify an opinion. Um, the team has played seven games, seven out of what's 38 uh, in a regular season. That's a good sample size from which to draw conclusions. Uh, yep, Philly is the reigning Supporter Shield winner, one that sold its two best players and didn't really have any problem uh, beating Atlanta United both last night and in the final 40 minutes of last week's game. You're right that a few good bounces and Atlanta United should have won the series, but that's why it's a team. Andre Blake did his job and Atlanta United couldn't do its uh, to win that first game. Heinze keeps talking about the team. Atlanta United keeps talking about returning to its swashbuckling style, and we're not seeing that right now. It doesn't mean that we won't. That's why I say it's not too early to judge, but it is too early to form a, a solid opinion. There's still games to play, so we'll see. Uh, assuming Barco is hurt for a while, and unfortunately that is his history with Atlanta United, what is the next step for him in your opinion? Um, well, let's see him come back, and let's see how he does first before we start figuring out what's next for him. I, I think that's a little bit too early. I think he has shown some really, really good moments uh, so far this season. Um, my issue watching Barco, or my opinion watching Barco, is the same as it's been for the past few years. He really never seems to be on the same page with his teammates. He's got two goals, one from a penalty kick, not one by him. The Galazzo that he scored, I don't, I think he may have one assist this season. Uh, that's it. Um, he hits key passes, but nothing is coming from the finished product. That's not entirely on Barco. That's also on his teammates. But it still seems to me like he's just struggling to get on the same page with his teammates or they with him. Uh, it's one or the other. Um, but let's wait a bit to see what he's like when he comes back. Um, do I think Gabriel Hines' behavior toward Jim Curtin was justified? Um no, I don't. Uh, I don't know why he was complaining about Philadelphia's tactics after the game. It seems a little silly. Um, game was done. It doesn't matter at that point. Did Philly go above and beyond what teams usually do when they're running out the clock? Uh, no, Atlanta United's done it. Every team has done it. Uh, I don't know why Atlanta United supporters are making such a big deal about it. It's part of the game. Um, so win, and you don't have to worry about it. And then this is the last question. I saved it for last because it's something I thought about a lot last year. I asked Darren Eels about this. Um, And I'm not going to speculate right now. But the question is, 
If this year ends up similar to last year in regard to a lack of production results, do you think we might look at a new technical director? Solely based upon Atlanta United's history, if everything stays the same, or if the results repeat themselves, no, that would not surprise me. And I only say that because the team moved to get rid of Frank DeBoer after this bad start to last season. Uh, and the phrase, and I'm going to have to paraphrase the phrase that Darren Eels used, was it was obvious there wasn't incremental improvement happening. Well, I think if results stay the same as last year, there's obvious that incremental improvement isn't happening. And we'll see what Darren does. I'm not going to speculate. I, I, I still think there's a lot of time that Atlanta United can get this thing turned around. But right now, it seems to be trending more toward last season's results than what I think everyone expected from this season. But now that the team is back in league play, it has a little bit more time to train, a little bit more time to work on some stuff. Let's see what happens before we predict uh, where Atlanta United is going to finish the season. All right, that is going to wrap up this Southern Fried Soccer podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for for subscribing. That's a hard word for me to say. Thank you for your questions. Atlanta United out of the Champions League, 4-1 aggregate to Philadelphia. Atlanta United will play Miami on Sunday in a game televised by ABC. This is Doug Robertson. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. And this is the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.